What's up, everybody? I'm James. I'm Marcellus. And this is a kickback. On this episode, we welcome the homie Paul from Wormhole Audio. What's up, man? Just chilling. Going down. Just going down. So, uh, before we, yeah. Uh, before we get into it, you know, I'm gonna do the whole. We're gonna set the vibe, get it right, um, and I'm just gonna make it pretty quick. Our set the vibe moment comes for our partner. Uh, it's the little things on Instagram and Facebook. Like her page, check her out. She posts motivational stuff, um, reviews on marijuana, and little segments that are very personable, but they help you reflect. Um, but this quote comes is, expect nothing, appreci- appreciate everything. Um, I chose that one because that's me. Um, you know, you can't really expect people to always be there for you or to do things like especially as a concert host like i don't know people just shit happens you know what i'm saying so it's like so it's like you gotta appreciate the little things or stuff like that um but yeah so that's that's why i chose that um but we'll just get right into it uh we're here with paul today he's he actually works with us he discovered or he heard about us through our last showcase and then from there, we kind of linked up, and we talked and network. And um, so what he does for Good Vibes in my edition is he is our sound engineer, like our go-to. Um, but he's also <clears throat> has his own in-home studio um, sessions that we've partnered with him with. So if you need you need studio time, we got you. Um, and he also is very creative as far as videography and editing videos to make um, just mashups and recaps and stuff like that. He's been working on some projects for um, us as well. So uh, that's a slight introduction for Paul, but I guess I'll let, I'll let him kind of tell you about everything else. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> just been hanging out, working, pretty much the same thing as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Right the, the COVID, the pandemic. Yeah. Well, has, has, I'm stuck in a house now with that shit, man. Oh, you got the you got the Rona. My wife does, so I'm in quarantine uh, for gotcha. ten days. Yeah. <laughs> it's bullshit. Yeah, I did my time back in like November last year. Creepy. <laughs> I feel that. So. Paul, kind of tell us how you like got started with music. Like, what led you down this path of music, and just you know, becoming a sound engineer, and also what else you do because um, you also like do live events too, similar, right? Yeah, it's kind of a culmination. I'm I really am a product of like my life, I guess. <laughs> my, my dad was really musical. My mom was really musical. My both my families. Both my sides of my family are really musical mm. in general. So I started taking piano lessons when I was like, I don't know, probably like eight years old or something. I played piano lessons for a couple years and I got okay at it, but like I just didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to quit and my mom would never let me quit. And it got to the point where I absolutely hated it. Dang. <laughs> I hated it. And I was like, this is absolutely horrible. I hated it. I just did it because my mom made me and there was nothing I could do about it. So mm-hmm. fifth grade comes around and at my school back then, uh, that's when you could start band. And my mom's like, you can quit piano lessons if you take band. And I was like, don't get me out of the piano lessons. <laughs> I'll do it. So I sign up for band or whatever. And one of the first things you did was you would like try out the instruments to see which one you liked. Yeah. And I remember, dude, I killed it. I did better than almost all the other kids on the drumming thing, and that's really what I wanted to do. It, but uh, she thought that I, she told me she thought that I sounded really good on the trombone and stuff, and that we needed some low-end brass players for, to help fill out the band. Dang. So, like, so I was like, okay, I'll do that, whatever. Looking back in hindsight, was absolute bullshit of her as a teacher to do that because really she should be fostering what we wanted to do and like yeah. her talent rather than fill out the low end brass section of her fucking band. Yeah. So fucking uh, you know, no. uh, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up playing trombone. Uh, it was okay. Whatever. I was first chair. 
Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. It's the one with the slidey thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you talking about the French horn. That one circles. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the French horn. I would have rather played French horn to be honest. Yeah, I ended up playing trombone, and I was first chair, but like I ended up hating it, and I just sort of. It's basically like I just stopped caring once I started hating it. I just stopped trying to do good because I didn't care. Yeah. And so, mom made me stay in band until I was old enough to where I just didn't care what my mom said in my sophomore year whenever I was registering for my classes. Here, here. I just, <laughs> I just didn't sign up for band again. I was like, I'm not fucking doing it. I, I really don't care. She's not here to do, do anything. And what the fuck is she going to do about it? I'm 16 years old. Like, I have to go to school. At, like, oh, she can yeah. take away my Xbox or make me stay home. I'm I grown. Fuck, I hate band too bad. <laughs> yeah. And I started working and stuff, and there was no way I could do it anyway. I started working too much. But yeah. Oh, okay. So I started, and that was pretty much, the, and I started playing bass guitar at some point in the middle of that. I can't remember when. I was about 14 when I started playing bass guitar, and that was something I really enjoyed doing. I started taking bass lessons on the side. Hmm. And I really enjoyed that. The lessons were pretty lame, but like I loved my guitar. I loved my amp setup. I played like metal and rock stuff. Okay. It was really fun. Uh, and then I kind of got out of that when I started working all the time. I had a kid like what? Late into my junior year. So I started pretty much just working, school, and kid. Pretty much got out of music for the most part entirely outside of listening to it. And then my senior year, I remember exactly what started the whole fucking thing, to be honest with you. Let's hear it. Skrillex dropped scary monsters and nice sprites. Yeah. And I was like, someone showed it to me. And I was like, this is pretty interesting. I've never heard music that's just like noises and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw a video of, I'm sure you've probably seen them, where those people go crazy with those little, like the pad things, the NPC pads where they have all the sounds on them and they yeah. press all the buttons and make all the dubstep noises. And I was like, that's how they make that? That is crazy. No yeah. way. I was like, I want, I was like, that looks really fun and sick. I want to try to do that. So I started looking into it, found out that's not how you do it at all. You have to download, like, recording <laughs> software and, like, literally write the music on this digital DAW, which was FL Studio, basically. And uh, it basically became a little challenge to myself. And by the time I got around to, like, downloading it onto a computer, I was, like, 19 or 20 or 21. And I just downloaded it and... I cut a bunch of habits out of my life so I could save money. It, I, I was really proud of myself, for that, to be honest. I got rid of a lot of vices and saved a lot of money. That's a good step. That's a good step to take. Yeah, I cut a lot of things out just so I could save and get studio equipment. So I saved enough money to get an audio interface, a set of monitors, a microphone, and a MIDI keyboard. And then I started looking for tutorials on YouTube of how to do shit. And I found this awesome tutorial series by a guy named seamless i owe probably everything almost everything i know about audio engineering to seamless r on youtube shout out, <laughs> shout out seamless seamless r. R. <laughs> i've messaged him and told him this and he's like wow if what you're telling me is the truth and not a lie like i'm so happy for you it's really just seamless the r is silent it's just like i just put the r on there so if someone tries oh. to search it they would like they they have yeah, to know it's there. I learned all my fundamentals from him and shit like that. Yeah, that's cool. And I started making dubstep and shit, and yeah, I started trying to make dubstep, and eventually I started like releasing stuff on SoundCloud, and I started making a page, and then I started inevitably learning about like how to get people. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm making this music. How do I get people to see it? Yeah. I started looking up marketing and stuff, and then I learned about Facebook and how they restrict your posting. So, I've been tr one thing I've been doing is navigating the Facebook algorithm almost since day one. Yeah. And so I started doing that for a while, a couple years. I played a few shows down in St. Louis that were super good. My first show was at Ellen. There's always a lot of memes about like when you're early in your career playing bad shows but like my first couple shows were actually super badass yeah that's what's up yeah i got really fortunate in that sense that's what, awesome what, what were you doing at these shows were you just performing um, yeah. yeah performing in that scene the dubstep scene is literally just like 
DJing. Yeah. Well, got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's I'm people who take it to the next level and like do all kinds of crazy stuff, but majority of people just DJ. And the thing that started coming about in the community, because obviously DJing kind of doesn't really leave for a super crazy performance. I think that's why there's a lot of drugs in that scene, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, but a lot of the, the, they brought excitement into it by playing. Okay, so like, you know, the live aspect of it would be them doing it live in front of you and creating something that you had never heard really. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of capture that aspect in a different way by they all have like this underground producer network of people who exchange unreleased songs. So they give, they have loads of unreleased, unheard shit that they play live. So you almost get that experience. Yeah. You see all those really heavy those particular genre of artists that I was making and listening to live, you get to hear a ton of unreleased stuff that they're circulating and a lot of it is stuff that they just never release because that's what it's for. Yeah. No, that that's a that's a great idea too. Yeah. With the artists. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of you know, artists always kinda have it hard as far as making money goes, so a lot of artists in that scene would got to where they would sell what they called dub packs and they would just sell packs of songs five songs unreleased but like not released publicly you get five songs for 50 i mean i guess it's essentially an album but really it's they were just selling songs to other producers to play live basically they're not supposed to share them it's supposed to be like a personal dub pack for you you know what i mean yeah damn that's what's up so you went from band to so from playing piano to band to bass finishing in band to dubstep what yep what made you go to sound engineering from dubstep like what what was your exit from the okay. i guess not exit or temporary leave yeah <laughs> yeah there was there was a an overlap period where i was doing both mm-hmm. and i i gradually faded out of the dubstep production because learning engineering and stuff was just part of learning production as far as making dubstep and stuff goes okay because like i had like eqs you have to know all the same tools and a lot of the same techniques apply when you're making and mixing dubstep and mastering that as it does with other types of music and before before i had started like doing live sound I had already realized that I kind of had a particular ear for mastering because I started mastering for myself at a very early, like my second or third song that I made because I paid someone 20 bucks to do a master for me and they sounded, they sent it back to me and then I did one myself because I was like, I think I can do better and I literally did better. So I was like, I'm just going to keep doing my own from now on since I just wasted $20 on one that sounds like shit basically. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't really have a huge fan base anyway. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I knew that I was pretty self-aware and I was comparing my stuff. A lot of people say don't compare your shit, but like I can do it in a constructive way. Yeah. So I was comparing my stuff to other things and I was like, you know, this is presentable. You know, I don't need anyone else to mix and master this. And I just, that's how I started mixing and mastering was just doing my own stuff. That's good. And that's how I started getting into marketing and everything, basically, was trying to learn how to navigate the scene for myself. That's what's up. So, um... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. That's a, I guess I didn't even answer your question of how I got into doing live yeah, sound. Yeah, I was that. Yeah, my bad. Um, so, I went to call it someone I was in band with, actually. His name's Cole Hall. We were never really friends in high school. We never really had anything against each other. We just had like different friend groups and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he, we were, I was hanging out at his house one time and he was telling me he worked for a sound company and he was like, yeah, we're always like looking for people who are worth a shit because we get people here and there, but it's weird. we usually don't get like people who are in the sound. We usually get just people who are there for general labor. And I was like, oh, well, like I know how to use EQs and compressors and like I know general audio basics from doing my stuff so like i'll come out and give it a whirl so i started and i met the boss and he's like super awesome shout out charlie shout out golden road productions uh charlie yeah dude charlie chuck the silverback possum (laughs) (laughs) 
No, that's what's up. <clears throat> so how long have you been doing that then? Do you like doing that? Um, I like certain aspects of it, you know, like, um, we're in this really weird, like, mid-tier. Uh-huh. We're in, we're in, like, the lower upper tier of, of productions, so, like, a lot of times we, uh, we do, like, really big shows, but we still get kind of shit on as far as, like, workload and... Mm stuff like that like a lot of times we don't stuff isn't done by contract so we end up not getting the help that we were supposed to get and stuff like that but like overall i enjoy it i i've learned an insane amount from mixing live shows and working with artists live and just and <clears throat> that's one thing that i've always thought was a value to me was that i've been in the scene in the live touring setting as mm. an artist yeah i've been in the marketing scene as an artist i've been in all the scene i've been in everybody's shoes already yeah so i feel like i can relate on most levels when it comes to just trying to get points across and trying to think in the other shoes <clears throat> i went off the rails where, where are we going no you're fi- no you're you're fine no, you're, good, you're just answering I where the... we were going though Oh yeah, no. I what the question was. You were just we we, all over the place. It's all good. Yeah, we just yeah. asked how you how you kind of got to where you are, um, yeah. as far as working on live shows and stuff like that. So I guess we can move on to like, uh, you know, how did so what exactly went into you hearing about us, um, and what we kind of do, and what we have going on. So I'm I always like, like the game. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm always looking for like, when, <laughs> ever since I've gotten into the music scene, you know, I've realized how pretty barren it is around the Midwest in general, as far as like interest in live music and recorded music and original music and stuff like that. So I'm always looking for like-minded individuals, always looking for people to work with. And just like, I've always, ever since I've learned to just tap into the marketing mindset, I've been trying to build my network. So I've just been always looking for people around me who are like into music and into live music and just stuff like that and i found cody j on facebook i don't i have no idea how don't remember uh-huh. somehow a cody j on facebook maybe it was in a facebook group but he shared something but yeah. i started following cody j and i saw that he shared a thing where he him and his dad did the sound for your show and i was like this looks epic this happened in quincy and i knew nothing about it <laughs> appreciate that <laughs> Yeah, trying. Yeah, no, it, it looks sick, and I was just like, "This is crazy!" Like, this is—I was like, "There's a hip hop scene that's closer than Springfield." Yeah. There's, there's a scene in—I thought there was no music scene in Quincy. I've been—I'm not gonna lie, I've been saying it my whole life. Quincy's dead. Quincy sucks ass. There's no music in Quincy. For as big as Quincy is, there's not shit to do there. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, all right. So I guess. Well, it's pretty pretty. Also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it. There's a lot of egos here. Yes, yes, that's the key. That's that's, the key that's been a huge. There's there's been people who've seen success and their team switch on them. There's people like they got a taste of it, and their team switch on them completely to where they can't even ride that um, anymore. They can't even ride that high anymore. You know, if, if yeah. I get an open for a major, and my, I shoot up to fifteen thousand fans, now everybody's charging me for stuff, and it's like. Well, y'all was gonna come with me, like, but now I have to pay you. Like, I thought this is a, you know, that's happened more times than I can count. You know. Um, Damn, yeah, that's really important. Yeah, it, it dude. Just yeah, it, just it it's crazy, and yeah, but yes, but there's like, and since I've since I've started, I mean, and you know this because I I talk to you almost every day as well. <laughs> um. You know, there's artists coming out of out of the fucking. They're just walking out of the fucking woods, bro. Like, and they're talented. Literally. They have a sound. Like, they're really good. So they just need, they just need to be heard. That's all. Yeah. It's super interesting <clears throat> that um, I can't remember why, but I was like looking semi recently. Like, I feel like there's a West Coast hip hop sound a lot of times, and there's always an identifiable sound. I feel like regionally in, in music, not always, but a lot of times. 
and I was looking up. I was like, okay, so I'm up. Uh, uh, people tell me I have an accent when I go to my. Basically, I I, I wouldn't know what Illinois hip hop sounds like because I'm from Illinois. You know what I, I yeah. like? Yeah. What is the signature Illinois hip hop thing? What is the Midwest hip hop thing like? What do we sound like? Because we are us. We don't know. Yeah. Right. And, right. And so I was looking for it, and there isn't really. That's the thing about Midwest hip hop is that there's not really a sound, yeah. and that there's so much of a variety, and I just think that's so cool. Yeah, it's 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 great. Like you you get the you get the drill, you get the melodic, you get yeah, you get well, the R and B. Little clip with low you know, to be right in the center of everything. Yeah, and it totally makes sense when you put it that way. I've never even thought about it like yeah. that. It really it does make sense in the center. Yeah. So yeah, everything comes together. <laughs> there. It totally makes sense. Yeah, it is a little bit of everything. So, so Paul, being that you were an artist and now you're in the marketing scene, which which clip would you rather have in? You know, like which side do you prefer, as opposed to being an artist or to where you're at now, a sound engineer? Um, I feel like it's the same world almost. It's hard mm-hmm. to. Like, you know, if you're an artist, you're in marketing. Like, Very true. Very at least true. you'd hope. Like, you'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> unless you're just hiring someone to do it, if, if you have, like, the thing of it is, I feel like if you have money to hire people from the start, then you, you're already good. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't need me. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you got money to just throw at stuff like that, then you don't need people like me. You yeah. literally just buy your way well, I I I disagree. I think I think they need people like us more so than they need the pun, person they're throwing the money at. Um, oh, I think you're right, but uh, yeah, but let's be real. Like they don't, they're not gonna. They're not thinking about that. It's, yeah, it's hard to explain. I guess <laughs> they would rather have the easy route instead of learn. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I get that. I get that. So what are I feel like a lot of people are looking for shortcuts, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh so with with that coming up, like since people are looking for shortcuts and you're not someone that really like took any, you know, what it keeps you like going? What why are you dedicated to it? My thing is that like my just outlook on life is that I ha- I'm only I'm limited to the certain amount of time I have left. So a shitload of that time is taken up sleeping. I feel that. Yeah. All that time is spent working. And then, you know, the rest of that is whatever. Yeah. So, like, I can't really do a whole lot about the sleeping. That Actually, I have kind of have a motto. You spend a lot of time sleeping, so have a nice mattress. You spend a lot of time on your feet, so have nice shoes. <laughs> That's dope, That's too. That's so, That's yeah. Long. Yeah. Long. I like that. Yeah. I'm so, like... I don't, I've worked a lot of jobs and I've worked jobs where I've made lots of money and I've worked jobs where I've made a little bit of money and throughout all those jobs, I've noticed that, um, I can't really be happy when there's something I'd rather be doing. Mm. So I have to find a way to make money doing something when there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Oh yeah. Preach. I respect that. hundred percent. Yeah, I just can't, like, I, I tried, dude. Like, I had lots of jobs. I had jobs that were easy labor and, like, made me a lot of money. I had jobs that were hard, and I had jobs that were fulfilling, and, like, I had jobs that were lame. Yeah. And, but regardless of how much money I made, it didn't really matter. They were always lame when, but I mean, like, I didn't want to be at work, you know. There's something else I'd rather be doing. So. Yeah, hell yes. So when you're, so when you're working on music, that's... There, you don't get that feeling really okay so like you ever heard of the flow state yeah no. whenever, I hit, whenever i hit the flow state dude that's the magic like whenever anything that puts me in the flow state if i can make money doing that and mixing music puts me in the flow state yeah when i'm working on music in my doll like boom time's gone i'm just in it i'm like Celis, it's like uh in soul where they find their thing and they oh. get and they get lost in it, and yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. yeah. That's kind of what he's referring to. Like it's just like complete separation from everything else. It's just like I am 
I am not Paul. I am mixing the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I 100% get that. I was working on concert stuff, and I was just, I was locked in. Like it was like an hour and a half went by. I was like, shit. You know, I was like, hey, that felt really good. Like that just felt that really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like where you're just like just like moving almost mechanically and time is just getting lost it's like it, it's hard to beat that in my opinion because yeah you're just living in the moment mm. yeah i hey i i feel you <laughs> i feel you uh so i get cliche but yeah that's that's it for me <laughs> no hey soul dropped at the perfect time because that's like the best way to explain it that feeling um, I gotta, I gotta rewatch it again, man. Bro. It was, it was a great movie, but I just need, I need to feel it. I need yeah. to feel it. Oh, my daughter <laughs> turns it on. My daughter will point to it and be like, "Soul." I've never seen it. Sounds like I should watch it. Really? No, no it's. You need to check that out. You need to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. It's a good watch. Um, this, sure. this guy dies and he's, he's like. Don't, don't, don't tell the movie, now. All right. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna get. He just spends times looking for his purpose, and. It's it's a good watch. I I, I would recommend okay. like, like it's it really is like more of an like adult like teenage movie, but my fucking three year old like chooses to watch it. And she'll watch it and she'll sit there and you know it's it's you'll see you'll see. Definitely recommend yeah. though. <laughs> um, so you also so, go ahead go ahead tell us. I was just gonna ask him like what what is one of the things that he's working on like right now like I know you got a lot of videos and. Mitch is coming up lately. I wonder what's, what's new, what's popping. Well, uh, we got the Jaron Benton show coming up on March 29th, so I'm working hey. on some promo stuff for that. Appreciate you. We're going to be Start dropping multiple, hopefully multiple videos that we can drop for that. Yeah. I'm working on a recap video from that sick Montana 300 show that you guys did before I was linked up with you. That Appreciate you. Absolutely sick. Hey. Uh, you want to see what that? You want to see what that part that the intro? Is. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what part you're talking about. I totally will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's what's up. Uh, so uh, he brings up your videography that you're working on. It. So what? Um, you know, you've always been on the engineering side. Like, you're also on the videography side, and you've shot a couple with one of the artists that you partner with, Jack the Ruler, um, Jack the Ruler. Sorry. Um, so how how did that kind of transpire? Were you just like one day like, uh, fucking I'll try it, or were you like, this is something you wanted to do? Well, um, it started before I got linked up with Yak, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I was working with Young Death at the time. Mm. Shout out Young Death. Yeah. We've been working together. We're day one A1s, obituary gang. <laughs> uh, that's hard. <laughs> No, Young death obituary gang. No, bro, we have a tag for it. It's so hard. I'll have to send it to you. Yeah, I gotta hear that's, that. That's tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obituary gang. That's hard. I, you know, I've been trying to do, uh, like, I was trying to help him just with promotion and stuff, just because I'm, like, into it, you know? Like, I, I kind of faded out of being an artist and got into mixing and mastering, and I just started wanting to work with all types of music after that. After yeah. I got out of dubstep, I wanted to work with hip-hop, metal. I, I still want to work with all genres of music. But um, yeah, So right. I started linking up with him just because he was a local. We went to the same school. We're from the same county, so, like, it's pretty... We're in, like, Hillbilly County, pretty... Not Hillbilly, but, like, pretty well, much. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And so, like, finding someone else that's even, like, down to record music is pretty freaking rare let alone like someone who's just we we click really well let alone someone who works as well as me and him do together yeah so um he's not the first person i worked with but he's the first person i worked with super consistently yeah right um and i was making a, i wanted to make a promo piece for him and i wanted to do an interview because i was watching some interviews i was like you know i'm like and i was locked in dude i was like this is really good content i really like this we should make one of these for young death and so I started thinking of some questions, and I started wanting to set up an interview to do with Young Death, basically. And I was looking up how to how to video an interview, basically, because I was like, I was like, every hobby I've learned so far, there's always something I don't think about at first. So I'm just gonna look it up from the very get go. I was like, how to film an interview, and I learned about framing. Yeah. And so I just started learning about framing and how to frame videos so like the subject looks the best and the 
where they're positioned in the frame. And I, we filmed the interview. It was a standstill shot. It wasn't anything crazy, but I got the framing pretty damn good, I think. <laughs> and I, I was like, all right, like that was turned out pretty sick. And I started looking up music videos and stuff. And I was like, I bet I could do music videos. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, Yax was splitting up with his label sometime at some other point. I don't really know exactly what happened with that, but he started coming around here and he was talking with Young Death and he was like, yo, um, I'm back around Pike County. Who's your studio? Like, wh who are you working with? And he told him and he sent him his music and he told me he wanted to come through. So I was like, come through. Let's, let's see if we vibe. Let's check some shit out. Yeah. And so we made a song and we started working together ever since then pretty much because, again from the same county we didn't go to the same school he's a bit younger than me and he was going to a different school but you know still from the same county pretty rare yeah someone to make music with and he was uh young that's always down to do a music video but he just the way shit fell into place uh yak ended up getting the music video done first so yeah yeah he, he was like let's do it let's do it and i was like all right let's do it and we basically did a run-and-gun music video. He's like, let's just go to the park in town. I was like, sounds pretty lame, but I mean, <laughs> you want to do. <laughs> we'll make the so, most of it. Yeah, and so I went, and like, it ended up going super well. We got all these super sick shots. The lighting was going down. We had golden hour lighting, yeah. which I learned about on YouTube, and I was looking at videography. Can you speak on that? What's golden hour lighting? Okay, um, like, so when you're doing outdoor videography often like lighting is horrible outside right. which is way too bright golden hour is the hour after sunrise and the hour before sunset those two times are when natural lighting is absolutely like mint for taking videos and like for cinematic lighting and just good lighting in general for videos oh and stuff. so yeah we hit golden hour accidentally at the park and there was leaves everywhere and it was fall and the the colors were super bright and I had been, I got a new phone because when I upgraded my phone I was like I'm gonna be doing music videos I'm gonna be doing a lot of business like I know I'm gonna be doing business on my phone I want to get a really good phone so turns out I got a really good camera on my phone and it just ended up going super well and yeah yeah it just snowballed off of that basically yeah because your shots are in 4k too so yeah I see I see my one video was hard yeah I well, think I yeah I think uh that was that first one yeah I think I think it turned out really well, you know, especially for being one of your earlier pieces of work. Um, yeah, it's definitely, I feel like I'm definitely improving with every video. It's just, I feel, I'm always learning tips and tricks. Like, on the first video, I actually, yeah, I don't need to talk about what I think's wrong with it because then other people know. Yeah, that, that's when I'll pick up. But, I mean, at least yeah. you know. You, yeah, yeah. Are you the white point? Exactly, yeah. That's what I try to do. I try to improve every, every project I do, basically, no matter what it is. Yeah, no, that's what's up, man. That's awesome. So, so right now you're currently like a sound engineer, and a videographer. Now, would you ever go back to performing, or, uh, or at least right now? Um, performing maybe not, but creating definitely. Yeah. Performing is not. I I'm a father, so performing like you know I'm not really into like half-assing stuff. So if I can't go on tour, you know, for me, performing is not something that I can really get mm. super invested in. Yeah. As far as, like, I don't know. I probably, I guess I could, but if, if stuff came easily, I wouldn't turn it down. But like, it's, I, I, I feel like grinding to, like, I would love to start a band, but like, I, I can't really find the motivation to grind knowing that I, I would never actually be able to tour to promote stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I respect that. I respect that. Or at least at this point in my life, you know, maybe once the kids are older, since I had kids when I was young, so I'll, I'm fortunate in that aspect, I suppose. Once they're yeah. older, I'll still have a lot of time left on the clock to where I can do stuff like that, but... Yeah. Because the bands here don't yeah, really go away, so... Yeah, exactly, and like, especially in the metal scene, which is what I'm really... Like, I would love to write some metal, and like, as far... In the metal scene, like, they really don't care if you're young or old, like, it's yeah. really... That's very really true. Pure in that sense, the metal scene, like they just pretty much care about the music. They don't care if you're like a hairy old man or whatever. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my favorite bands are hairy old men. Like I don't care. <laughs> I just care about the riffs. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. 
What's that dude named Bottle? He's still torn. He's he's in eighties, ain't he? Who is it? Uh, uh, Bottle. What's the what's the Rolling Stones name? Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. I need to look like he need an oxygen tank. He's still on stage. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> I guess. What's been like your favorite thing that's happened so far for on your musical journey? Um, you can speak on each stage if you want. I'm just very curious. Okay, um, I'll break it down stage by stage just to have more points to talk on, and then yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up overall after that. Go ahead, go ahead. So when when I was producing music, act okay. Whenever I was the earliest point. My favorite point was when I picked up a bass and I was detasseling corn for Burris. Do you guys know what yeah. detasseling corn is? Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. I don't know. If, I didn't know if they do that around Quincy or not. Oh, yeah. They like send a bus. They or at Dude, least in yeah, Jacksonville yeah, they send a fucking bus. Hundred percent. So I detasseled corn. Oh no. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> I did that shit before I was old enough to have a real job when I was like fourteen, fifteen. Uh-huh. And uh, my parents took me to the bus super in the morning. But yeah, I spent my paychecks on music gear basically. I used my first year I bought my bass. Second year I bought and I had a, a little practice amp that I played through. Second year I bought a badass amp setup. I mean, it's not badass in retrospect, but like at the I mean, it, it was pretty sick, honestly. Yeah, for a 14, 15-year-old, yeah. Yeah. That amp fucking ripped. And uh, I had a sick amp, and just, dude, I remember the first time, I loved my bass guitar, and thinking back, that it was a great bass. The setup I have, just, I remember, first time, I was I was happy with my playing level at the time. I was like, man, I'm coming along good, I'm learning fast. I love my guitar, I love my amp. This is fucking sick. I was just content. I was just content with my creative self in, in that moment. Yeah, and that's I, what's I up. I remember that. And uh, then after that, probably once I uh, when I started making dubstep and shit. Is it okay if I swear a lot? Yeah, that's fine. Like we we normally like drinking stuff. So, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it like it's a kickback, like it's supposed to be just us kicking it type of thing. So yeah, go ahead, man. Okay, so, <laughs> so dubstep shit. I got a uh when whenever I my strategy for getting bookings whenever I was playing, I was like, you know, like I was I was in the scene long enough to know just I don't know, I just had more common sense than half the people I see, I guess, basically, for some reason. And yeah. uh, I just didn't want to message people and be like, will you book me? <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. I was like, okay, so I want, I know, I found out who did the bookings and I found out who ran the promoter at the place I wanted to book me. And I was like, okay. Yes. And I found out the scene they were involved in. I went to a couple shows. Yes. And, and I was like, okay. And then I, I found out some, they were from St. Louis and I found out there was some dubstep fi- st louis facebook groups and i was in them and i saw that she the promoter rest in peace mama bear rest in peace um she i saw that she was in the group and i just knew i was like i'll post my music my music in there like i'm just gonna try to be a part of the scene that i want to be in and yeah i started posting my music in there i started making some mixes and i posted the music that i made in there and eventually they reached out to me and yeah, yeah, I got a booking there, and the first show I played was fucking crazy. Like, the place was packed, and it was gnarly, and I was just like, I just remember in that moment, I was like, holy shit, like, I'm really out here doing it. Like, I don't have a big fan base, but, like, there's people here who are actually here to see me, and, like, they're fucking hyped, and the room's going crazy, and there's people on the internet who I don't know who like my music. Like, this is pretty sick. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, big success, but, like, I was like, I'm No, dude, that's huge. About where it's at right now. Be proud that's of your okay. W. That's, that's great thing yeah. before, though, because, you know, what you pretty much did was networking, you know, you put yourself out there, you, you know, you, you were in the groups, so that's, that's pretty cool that you say all that. And that's actually, like, yeah. best practices, too. That's best practice, like, because as a promoter, you know, how the fuck do I do this job? I obviously look up stuff and like that, and that's, like, best practices. I come over articles on how artists should approach that situation and, like, Everything you did is what they recommend. They don't recommend just reaching out like, "Hey, can I get?" They don't recommend that at all. They recommend like, like first, like being a fan of what that person is doing. So, oh, yeah. I, 
I, don't, I usually don't bring up my music career as far as like when I'm talking about marketing and stuff with people because the first thing people asked for was success in numbers. And, yeah. You know, I didn't really have a lot of that on paper, so you know I can't really say this worked for me because people can be like, oh, well, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like you know I, I tend to not bring up my own music career, but like I know some things that really work for me, and I try to apply those to people that I'm trying to help as far as launching their stuff. Yeah, because because we're a student of the game, like. So, cause I, I I know how how much you like research and look into stuff as well as myself. So, I everything you say I always take it in, or every video you send me I always watch it because I I know you wouldn't send it to me if it was pointless. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I, that's how, dude. I was talking to you about him earlier, Sydney Mays, bro. That kid, he's a sponge for marketing material. Yeah. Yeah. We're that's all. We have to talk about him later. Shout out Sydney Mays. He's yeah. dropping a new album soon. Look him up. Got you. Got you, Sydney Mays. Yeah. Sydney Mays. So, um, I'll speak a little bit on my relationship with you now. So, when we cool. met and introduced, like, we got introduced to each other. It kind, of, we kind of just like, I was like, fuck it, we're just gonna hit the ground running. I said, it's 2021. Um, so, like, you've been getting more artists in your catalog for mixing and stuff like that and uh are you hoping to build like once the run is over and people are like ready are you hoping to like shoot more videos and stuff or like what you know yeah go ahead what's my i was gonna say you know really what i'm just trying to do right now is um build my tool set i guess i should say because I want to be valuable in multiple ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm like, if I can shoot videos and if I can do mixing and mastering, you know, I'll be very valuable in the music scene and I'll be very employable. Yeah. Mm. That's true. Because you also you also have live. I can do live sound. Yeah, yeah. I can do live sound, mixing and mastering, and I've done that enough to where honestly I could do stage management. I could do. I've never done it, but I'm pretty confident I could manage a tour. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, maybe not a major tour, you know, with like semis and shit, but like, a, you know, an indie startup tour, I could totally put together and organize a tour. Like, I, I'm just trying to basically build my value, and my goal is to just eventually get to where I can, throughout my video work, marketing work, promotion, mixing, just all the stuff put together that I'm into, basically. I, I'm just trying to find ways to monetize the things I enjoy so I can stop working for the man. No, I, I feel that. But, and, and, but it's not really about sticking it to the man or anything like that. I'm just making jokes. It's really just about, you know, what what I was talking about earlier. You know, I can't really enjoy working for someone else when I'd rather be doing some, something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I wasn't going to take it no other way. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think it's dope that people, like, I don't, I'm not trying to shame, like, I work at a pizza place. It kind of sounds broken. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just don't mean to like. There's nothing wrong with other people being okay with what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's not. I I don't think everybody should be like super. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I exactly what you said. Yeah, no, nah, I, 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 I yeah, because I I also find myself in that predicament a lot, especially when I'm talking to my friends. You know, because they they all they all work regular jobs and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, I can never like. I don't know how, like, if their boss talks to them crazy, like, they literally can't do anything because they need that job. Me? Fuck yeah. you. I'm leaving. Fuck yeah. this job. I'll go get another fucking job. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, and I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. But it's like, you don't want people to be like, oh, you're egotistical or anything like that. And it's like, I'm not. I would just rather work for myself. It's okay that you're okay working for someone, but yeah, I'm just not. I get a lot not. of disconnect with people because I, I, uh, tend to like come off as condescending to people yeah like, yeah um and and like i actually do it subconsciously when i look back on it, i'm like shit i actually do like, <laughs> yeah but um, it's like there's no real intent to be that way it's just yeah, exactly, exactly. Just, you like exactly. At all. yeah i don't know i'm jealous honestly maybe we're assholes uh, fuck it yeah fuck it Usually the boss is a fucking asshole too. They're really nice to you in person, but they'll fucking fire you without telling you. 
quick fast in a hurry. Yeah, so I, you oh, really I'm never know. <laughs> I've actually developed, you know, now that I think back on it, I've developed some really invaluable skills working at the pizza place as long as I have and, like, just working for a small business. I think customer well, service developed, is... Yeah, uh, I have developed little to no customer service skills, but I have developed oh. just, like... <laughs> they don't put me with customers because they know that. Yeah. <laughs> No, just like I've told Gianni, I'm like, listen, man, I'm not gonna be disrespected for ten fifty an hour. Yeah. I, I will launch their fucking pizza out into their yard and tell them to go fetch and walk away. <laughs> yeah. People disrespect our delivery drivers a lot, and they come back and tell us stories. I'm like, dude, like, yeah. I'll fucking snap on some of these people who tell me this shit. Like, if they did that to me, bro, oh, bro, they'd be calling Gianni and complaining. That's for sure. Yeah. Not me, because it would not be good. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the same way. Don't disrespect me. You're not. But you need me because you need this fucking food, bitch. Like. <laughs> And, and I feel bad for Gianni because really, in his from his from as a boss perspective, you do want your employees like to to, to like, be able to have um what's the what's it called? Okay, so, oh no. You have to be able to withhold. Yeah. Like restraint. Yeah, restraint. That's what I'm looking for. You have to be able to show restraint when you're doing jobs like that. And like, thankfully, they place me in positions where I don't have to really worry about it. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to keep your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out Gianni. Yeah. Pizza in Pittsfield. Coming in clutch. G, honestly, he uh, he he works with like a lot of the stuff I do wouldn't be possible without him. To be honest, because he's really flexible with my schedule and uh, allows me to go work those shows. I sometimes I'm gone for like five day long stints, and he's always there to like work with me on my scheduling. That's see, awesome. That's a boss. We do more of the upstairs that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a super nice guy in that regard. He, he's really helpful with that. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Support your local businesses. Yeah, for real, though. Dude, I actually just went through my link tree today, and like I made like 10 additions just on the bottom of it of a bunch of local things. Just, I was like, I don't know. Don't yeah, know they might click on the motherfuckers. You never know. Right? You never yeah. know. Affiliates, stuff that I support, it's all on my link tree now. Yeah, and all of Paul's information will be in the bio as far as his social media or his, his contact if you need mixing and mastering or video shoot. We can send you the prices and stuff like that. Um, I think our partnership is going pretty well. I feel like. Yeah. yeah, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll even post that down there. Or I guess that's only on Snapchat so far, but I, I guess I'll get that posted. Oh, it's on Instagram. It's on Instagram. It's on, it's on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he made that. That It did turn out really well. I can't wait to get that back. And just other things, like I'm really looking forward to what this year has in store because I found someone who works as much as I do. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really dope to just be like, hey, can you knock this out for me? Yeah, no problem. That That's really dope to have. So I really do appreciate everything you've done. And I appreciate you. I need to speed up on those videos. Hey, no, you're good, man. Like, you're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. The last two. I, uh, I went through a stint there for a couple of years where I really overworked myself. I was like, I'm not happy unless I'm grinding. I have to grind, 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 grind. And I, like, really fucking ran myself into the ground. So I'm just, like, really cautious with burnout these days. I'm like, yeah. if I'm not... Within reason, if I'm not feeling it, I try not to, like, force myself to do shit. No, that's good. Like, take your time. Still give yourself deadlines, but take your time, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exactly what I'm trying to do. But. Don't ever overwork your mental. That's not healthy. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think that he doesn't listen. I went, like, a year where I was getting, like, four hours of sleep a night, and it was, like, I started reading into that, and I was like, oh, is that what you're doing, Duro? For the most really? part, yeah, between school Bro, and everything else, yeah. Have you looked into the long-term effects of not getting enough sleep? I mean, I try to now, bro. I usually I usually try to be in bed by 11, you know, yeah. but even then, I like being in bed working on shit, so... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just I, pondering I just, ideas. I, you know, I, I got to the point where I honestly couldn't 
sleep a lot. Like I was, I would just wake up five hours after it, which is my body was on that routine. Five hours of sleep is just all I got. And then I started looking into it. The long-term health effects of not getting enough sleep are pretty fucked up. So I was like, you know, yeah, you know, if I live to be a hundred, I'll be fucking lucky. And that's, so I'm like a quarter of the way to that. You know, I better treat my body good from here on out. Yeah. I feel that. I try to get more sleep than I used to just because, you know, I want to be able to like see shit. Yeah. Be old and cool and old and like no one wants to no one wants to move on to the next life so i feel that yeah, exactly i feel that marcellus I just, you got you know i want to live a long and prosperous life and i want to feel good doing it so i gotta i try to treat my body well i Respect. say that and i just ate taco bell twice yesterday <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do try really hard and i think that's i'm pretty happy with myself for as much as i try at least <laughs> no that's good that's good man <laughs> Uh, what would you like to say, though, James? Yeah, Marcellus, you got any other questions for Paul while we got him? No, no, just that uh, I'm happy that he joined the team. You know, very good new addition to the good guys, man. Yeah. Any more questions for you? No, I'm good. Paul, if you want to like drop your socials or anything real fast, let the people know where they can follow you and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> on Instagram. I'm <laughs> yeah, I need to get better at that but my instagram is wormhole media twitter is the wilbatron that was okay so the wilbatron thing that's a, that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> people have always made plays on my name like my last name is will be yeah. will be so people say you will be doing this will be doing that and just people have always made funny names oh. will the beast was pretty common and so I was working on a pig farm at the time. This was the job where I was making the most money I think I've ever made in my life, actually. It's actually not the worst job I've ever had. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I, I like working with animals, even if it's just dumb pigs. But uh, I had this. I worked with this super hilarious guy named Perry Bonds, and one day Perry called me Will Bichon. I was like, that's fucking hilarious, bro. That's one I've never heard, for, and I've heard a lot of them. <laughs> And so I started using that as, like, my gaming name online, like, my gamer tag and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, whenever I started uploading dub stuff to SoundCloud, it was under Wilbertron. Yeah. Okay, what about the wormhole? Like, what do Okay, so I spent a fucking shitload of time trying to think of a name. And I came up with this name because <laughs> I, I really like metaphysics and space and stuff like that. Okay. So, if you look at an image of a wormhole, this is like the plane of time and space. Right. Instead of going all the way around, the wormhole cuts straight through. Right. So, here's where you start your artist journey. You usually go all the way around here, unless you go through wormhole media. Uh, respect. Right through. That's hard. Respect. <laughs> you get everything you need right here, you just cut, cut through all the bullshit right to the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> no, that's what's up. But alright, I think that'd do it for this kickback. I'm James. I'm Marcellus. And this is a kickback. Peace. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>